0: What it do, everyone. Wizzy scenes, how you going? Welcome to another episode of Kiana Speaks. And today I have a lovely guest, my husband. Today we'll be talking about what has marriage taught me. So if you're single, you're looking, or you're newly married, you don't want to miss this episode. So stay tuned and welcome my husband. So welcome to an episode of Kiana Speaks. Jalil and I have been married for almost eight months and we had this amazing idea to talk about what has marriage taught us and also to talk about our journey to how we met and how we got married. So I thought of a cute little mini series of what has marriage taught me and this is the first installment. So welcome Jalil. Thank you for being a guest on my episode finally so Jalil has the handy dandy notes and he'll go through basically what marriage has taught us and we'll delve deeper into that the you know intent of this video is to highlight you know the commitment of marriage the things that you learn about marriage the growth that you find in marriage which you know, whichever part of that marital journey that you're on and also to give hope to those that are looking for marriage that feel like, you know, it's hopeless, it's pointless, keep hope alive. So without further ado, what's the first thing that marriage has taught us?
1: So the first thing, the first thing that marriage has taught us is, or taught me rather, is coming from an Islamic standpoint or even growing up as, as men in general, that you will be responsible for another human being. Mm-hmm. I know for us as Muslims, it's said that men are the protectors and maintainers of women in Islam. So that's just not solely based on just financially. So it's based on like protecting their honor, protecting their feelings, etc., things like that. But also, when it comes time, if you have to be the the supporter financially, then also just want to to take that on and and. I'm starting too much. <laughs> Take that on and being the uh, the provider in that sense. So just, you know, just putting the family on your back and then doing what you're supposed to be doing and not complaining and just getting it done.
0: To camelback that is growing up with just my mother and my grandmother, like really predominantly raising me and being taught to be like a independent woman, I've learned that it's okay to rely on a man. It's okay to... Um, demand security um with the man and so in conjunction to what you know marriage has taught Jalil for me it's been identifying you know that you know just my upbringing and how it's been I wouldn't say toxic but how you know the comfort or the defensive mechanism to just be really independent and not rely on a man how in marriage you cannot have that mentality. You can be very strong, be very independent but there is a level of reliability, there's a level of security, and there's a level of trust that comes with marriage. And so with Mary and Jalil, I have learned to, like, break down that wall to relax and know that I have somebody that got my back. Ready to right, go on to the next one? Number two. Uh,
1: equality. So just knowing that, you know, as a man, you're not better than the female in any way, shape, or form. You're all both on the same level. So just knowing that... um As a man, knowing when to take the lead, and then also knowing when to take the back seat. So I know, like again, like men are always taught, like somewhat of it's like a dogmatic relationship. Like I'm up here, Mm -hmm. and you're down here, and I'm the man. It's my word. I say what it is. It's gonna be what it is, and that's it. But it, it really can't be like that. You need sometimes you gotta know, and a good leader knows when to follow. So, of course, there's things that my wife is is better than me at a lot of things. And when it comes time for those things, I'll take the back seat, and I won't just throw it all on her, but I'll make sure that I'm still there in a the supportive role, but I will let her take the lead and vice versa. If it's something that she feels as though that I'm a little bit better at, things, that I'm good at, then she will allow me to take the lead and then so forth and so on. So it's, it's basically just working together and just knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses.
0: And to back that again, um, I remember when we were in premarital counseling and, she, you know, the brother and sister that helped us asked us, to fill out that chart about like gender roles Mm -hmm. and you know what do we feel like one should predominantly do and the other should predominantly do and we took the assessment without even consulting each other and so um when we got together after completing the assessment we realized that we really have that equitable balance with like household chores coming into marriage You know, I didn't want to feel like I was the 100% responsible person for maintaining or managing the household. Like, I wanted to know that Jalil was going to also support me in cleaning and cooking at times. I mean, being that I'm remote, it makes sense that I can, you know, take (coughs) on that, that load more. But I wanted to make it really clear when we were in premarital counseling that I want to make sure that it's even playing field, that it's just not one person doing more than the other. Interestingly enough when we you know, officially became husband and wife and lived together, that societal pressure kind of creeped in and I had to reevaluate and have a conversation with Jalil and he reassured me that no, you should not be taking on the responsibility of just only cooking and only cleaning. Like we are a team. Remember we decided that it's split between the both of us. And so knowing that I learned that you know through marriage that you have to really identify what your gender roles are and then you know they come into play based on how you've seen it represented in you know in your childhood with your parents etc but also sometimes society's you know uh, demands will creep up into your psyche you just have to remember what you and your spouse decided and really redefine the gender roles for yourself it's number three boo
1: oh no i was gonna also speak on that too so like fellas we all know like it's not just the woman's job to cook and clean and I get it, but <laughs> we got to do a better job. I'll speak for myself. I know I had to do like I had, I was living at a place by myself. So I was the main one I was cooking, cleaning and doing everything like that. So when I got married, I was like, whew, like I felt like I could take a back seat and, I, and it, and it kind of affected her cause it's like she's coming in and now she's doing everything by herself. So just trying to just, you know, be mindful some days, you're not going to feel like doing it you're not going to feel like cleaning. and i know for me like i, I don't like doing the dishes but <laughs> she knows she likes a clean sink so it's like just being mindful of that and then just trying to chip in you know what i mean everything's not going to be exactly how you want it but just just being mindful and let by letting her know that you're aware of it and you'll get to it you try to get to it more often than not but just like i said the teamwork that's when that has to kick in
0: you also helped me through you know me cooking more Diversify my palate like I used to be like solely a fast food eater, but being married now and knowing that I'm not just feeding myself But I'm feeding the both of us when I do cook is I've expanded my horizons on the type of meals that I want to cook Like I did not have the confidence in cooking. They were like very I was very limited as a single person And I could say that my confidence in cooking has increased I am so eager to try different meals. Shout out to HelloFresh. And so, yeah, like, even though I don't believe I should be the only one cooking, I have increased in my haven't Alhamdulillah.
1: And I'll also say to that, too, that it will be times where it, things are never going to be 50 50. So, if you're thinking that it's going to be like, okay, Monday through Wednesday, I'm going to do this and Thursday through Sunday you're going like it's it's mm-hmm. never going to be like that so times when your partner is, is slacking for whatever reason you got to be that partner to pick up the slack and you mm-hmm. can't do it in a way where you're throwing shade at your partner like well you don't never do this so I'm, I'm going I'm always the one you know what I mean because it, it, it's give it's not it's not transactional it's give and take right. you know what I mean especially when right. you're doing things together you just got to be mindful of that yeah so number? number
0: three
1: I didn't even tell you about this one this number four
0: Oh, number four now. <laughs> yeah. oh, number four.
1: So, men, we come into relationships and we think that we're this—we're all that in a sense when it comes to pleasing women. So, being a stud in a sense. So, if you had past relations with someone else, it doesn't matter what you did, but with any other woman or anything like that, when you come into a new relationship, yeah, this is a new woman with new feelings and new emotional and physical needs. Mm -hmm. So whatever you did in the past, maybe some of that you can bring into this relationship, but for the most part, you gotta learn your woman, and you gotta learn her like all the way through, because it's gonna be things that you used to do. It's not gonna, it's not gonna please her emotionally, physically, spiritually. So you gotta make sure that you tap into her, and it's it's an everyday thing. I'm not sitting here frauding like "Ah, I've done it in eight months. Like no, it's still like a learning process, and it's maybe a process I will be learning for the rest of our lives, for a long time in Sholo. So. Just being mindful of that, you know what I mean? Just taking the time to actually get to know your partner, her likes or dislikes, things that please her, things that take her over the top, things that like, uh, you know, every married couple knows, things that get her there, you know what I mean? So just just being mindful of that. And
0: same for the ladies, it's really important to learn your partner as well. Like it's literally a clean slate. And when you, you know, decide to get married, you're deciding to do the lifelong journey and so, don't think that you have ever arrived just because you may be experienced in other you know, areas. Just take it on as if you don't know anything because a part of getting close with your partner and building that true intimacy is learning, doing activities to learn the likes, the dislikes, the arousals, the disarousals, things of that nature. So it's
1: important. Right. Wait, Next. Um, and I'll say for me, one thing I learned is when, and like I said, if I'm fraud at any point, you can call me out on it if I, at any point so when dealing with you I've learned to like in all my dealings with you bring it from a like a religious aspect and always try to like fear God in my dealings with you so if any time where I feel like you know everyone that gets in disagreements and things like that if I feel like I've been talked to a certain way or something was said and I didn't like it and if it hit somewhere where it made me feel a little insecure. Well, I hit an insecure spot that I have and instead of just lashing back and trying to say something hurtful back or to get my point across any type of way, me having like a, and I'm not perfect, but me trying to have like a sense of, of, of God consciousness or fearing God controls how I talk to her. Because at the end of the day, she's still a creature of God. She's still, you know what I mean, my wife and the responsibility that a husband has to his wife is, is held to a high regard. And women in our religion period are held to a high regard. So just always trying to keep that balance. You know what I mean? I'm not perfect. It may be days, you know, where I may say some things I shouldn't say or do some things I shouldn't do, but always trying to have that in me to how I deal with her is based from a, a religious standpoint. It kind of helps and guides me of how I deal with her in, in any any way, shape or form. Like anyway, in a good times as well as in, in times that is some adversity.
0: I agree. Um- coming into this marriage, I, I set my intention to see my marriage as a form of worship. So the things I do in my household, how I navigate with my spouse, even like how I try to rectify my, the mistakes, emotional mistakes that I may make, is really like putting God or Allah, as we call it, our Creator, um, at the forefront. And so when you put your Creator in the forefront and when you realize that, you know, you really have a trust between your, your spouse and you get married, and you set your intention on pleasing the most high, you go about things a lot differently. Like I may not really be in the mood to pick up the slack, but I know that it's required of me in that particular day because he is overburdened. And so just transitioning my mind to see like, okay, I'm doing this to please the most high. And in return, I'm helping my spouse out. It just, it just sets the tone. It puts everything into perspective. Um, Because, I mean, we're going to have our bad times, you know, we're going to have our disagreements and things like that. But knowing how to rectify the situation in a godly way is so much better than not doing it because there are times when I've been emotionally triggered and instead of lashing out which is a, a pattern that I had in the past before getting married, I just said, it's better for me to be silent. It's better for me to go into another room and sit still than to say immediately what's on my mind. Like, I respect my husband so much. I honor, like, his feelings and I don't want to say something. Like, I, I'm a true believer, and I've told y'all a little this. Anytime somebody says something out of their mouth and then they kind of say, like, oh, I didn't mean that, I feel like thoughts marinate. And I felt like if I ever said anything to disrespect Jalil, I had been thinking about that. And so just to make sure that I'm just calm and before I initiate with him, I just go away. And that's why we honestly don't fight because we really choose to handle our situations differently. And that's not saying that we are perfect and that we're never gonna like have a mistake, but we've been really working diligently to remember the most high and how we deal with each other.
1: So. And payback off that, like I know one thing that you have taught me was like you said, with like emotional emotional triggers, and we all have them from childhood all the way up to adulthood, and which we we talk about, and it's always not just communication, but effective communication, and really going over like explain to you, explain to your partner like, babe, when you do this, this makes me feel this type of way, mm-hmm. and this is why. So that way, you know what I mean. It's not just like stop talking to me like that. Who you talking to? Da 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 da. Who you think? You know what I mean? Because then you say that to somebody, and they're just like. I'm talking to you it's always it's gonna be a negative reaction back and forth but if you say and you it, would, it would, you come to your spouse like softly and gently like babe I don't like it when you talk to me like that and when you say things like that this is what it this is what it does to me and this mm-hmm. is why because when I was in this situation boom 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 exactly. boom boom, because we all have insecurities we all have triggers we all have things that we go through that stem from childhood to adulthood so if you especially this is your spouse it's the person you live with spend most of your time with if you explain it to her and she knows then it just makes for a better a better living environment That's
0: so, facts. It's really important to to know the reason behind your partner's triggers, um, because no matter how much we have healed through certain traumas or even ignored certain traumas, we will always be triggered by them. And so, knowing you know your your partner's story prior to you is really going to help you to you know, monitor yourself or, you know, actually be intentional about how you engage with your partner. And there may be times when your partner, like there's been times when Jalo has to remind me multiple times that I've done something that triggers him. And it's just a work in progress, but it's important to not keep those, those situations in the closet, but just have conversations about, you know, things that trigger you or that upset you so that your partner can tap into that and, and not do it. I'll try not
1: to do it and try to be patient too I mean even even mm-hmm. though we talk about it even though she's told me things about herself and her childhood and I told her things about myself in my childhood just because I told her it doesn't mean like just like like that she, right. she'll never do it again or she you know right. what I mean so it's kind of like you got to be patient you know what I mean yeah. so uh, the next one for me is like I said having Taqwa which is just God conscience always keeping yourself mindful of God. Um, appreciation and discipline. I always feel like a good woman will keep you disciplined as a man. So I know before I was married, and I'm not gonna speak for all men, I speak for myself. Like I had problems with lowering my gaze, which means if I saw a fine woman walk past, it'd be hard for me not to look sometimes. Like I'd be like, dang, hey, you know what I mean? Not saying that, you know, I'd be gawking and being a weirdo, but at the same time, I would take a glance. So. It was uh getting married and even you marry a good woman it kind of like it, it homes that and it kind of keeps you honest and it's a um a short hadith from prophet muhammad peace be upon him he said any man that leaves out of his home and sees a woman that arouses his desires then let him go home to his wife because his wife has the same thing that the woman he saw has and that's 100 percent true like whenever i see and well we all have eyes we all see things not saying that we stare but you see something you're like oh man that's nice but then I can always say in my mind, I don't have to look. I had that at home. God has blessed me with that. Where every I have all that at home, so it's no it's no reason for me to look even longer or, or take a double look because I know I have it at home. And then when I see that, it's just me thanking God again. You know, what I mean, it's always a constant reminder. Like, thanks, God, I appreciate. it. Like, you blessed me. <laughs> you blessed me. You blessed me with that at home, so I don't have to. You know, what I mean, I could just be be humble and be thankful with that. Thanks.
0: Anything with that. No,
1: you said that, boo. You better not be looking at nobody. <laughs> I don't look at nobody. Um, having a discipline with emotional intelligence in the marriage. So, like I said, I think I said before, like we're around each other every day. We're around each other the most out of anybody. So, I know we can trigger hers. I know we can piss her off, and <laughs> she knows we can piss me off. So, just saying, you know, you are living with each other naturally, you're gonna get on each other's nerves. It's human, human nature. So, she may say something to me, and instead of me trying to say something that's going to be hurtful or that's just my jab back at her like I'll take this you know what I mean I could just keep quiet and if I didn't want to go to another room i would go to another room if I if I feel like and I tell her she thinks that I never get mad and she thinks that I'm I'm so nice like I just I just take everything and just let it roll off my shoulder and that's not the case but like I said I deal with her and try to deal with her in a religious standpoint which I, I have my emotions as well but If it's something that I feel like that needs to be addressed right in that moment, like needs to be addressed right in that moment, I'll address it. If not, then I'll I'll address it when I need to or later on that day when I'm more calm and I can talk to her like this. Because we all know if you're sitting there and you're amped up and you're talking, like she said, it may be things on your mind that already been marinating. But when you're upset, they can be exaggerated. Oh, you never do this. Oh, you always, you know what I mean? And nobody never does something. Nobody always does something. So... Just trying to come to each other when you're you're calm and you're cool, you're collected. You can actually have a conversation. That's what I pride myself in her. We've never had. I mean, I know we only been married for eight months, but we've never had an argument. Anything we ever had, it it was just a a disagreement. And after the disagreement is over, we still may not agree. And like I was always taught, agree to disagree, and then you just move on. We're not the same person, and that's a good thing. So some things we agree on, some things we don't. I
0: also think there is a level of um, sensitivity when it comes to just being able to know that something is going on in the air. And it may not be that your partner is mad with you. It may be that, you know, your partner is just like, you know, really in in tune with themselves and just thinking about something that's bothering them or, you know, trying to mentally prepare for something. And you may sense that just the air is a bit off. And so, you know, having a level of emotional intelligence is is being able to kind of know how to interpret that, that energy, whether, you know, results in having a conversation like babe are you okay I'm sensing that you're a bit distant or you seem like something's bothering you or if you're if you are even aware that something is bothering your partner that's what the love language is really coming to and we'll talk about that a bit later but you know knowing how to you know comfort your partner in those you know in those emotional times so having a, a level of emotional intelligence isn't just you know having a level of compassion, but even having a level of understanding and knowing how to maneuver with that level of understanding so that you are being supportive to your spouse and not antagonistic. And I think you do a really great job of knowing, okay, something's bothering Kiana. Whenever she's ready to talk about it, she will. I'm going to go ahead and give her her space. And I know for me, it's been a learning experience because it's like, I want to be like, I kind of want him to be all in my face or I want to be all up in his face, but I'm learning that. I'm learning the ways to apply emotional intelligence to uh, be of benefit to you, and you're doing the same thing when it comes to me. So.
1: And let me say, we're not, we're not robots. So I mean, there, there will be times where it may be a little bad. Like every single time, I, will I always walk away? I don't know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, nobody's perfect, but you just gotta, you know, continue to work at it and things of that nature. Also, what you said about space, nothing is wrong with taking space away from your spouse. Like like I said, you're around each other all the time, you need your own personal space. Like I was always taught, never lose your own individuality in your marriage. Like she will always be her, I will always be me, but together we are one. So it's times where if I know she's upstairs and she's looking at her YouTube videos or whatever, and I'm downstairs and I'm looking at sports highlights or something like that, or Marvel trailers or something, just whatever, I know that that's my me time, Mm -hmm. and that's her time, and I won't go up there Sometimes I won't go up there and mess with her while she does whatever she's doing and same thing. But sometimes, even if it's been times I'm down here and she'll just come down here and sit next to me silent. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Just even though we're still having our own space, but we're still near each other still, you know.
0: Or a quick kiss or like just playing around and then like we go do our own thing. Yeah. COVID has really brought, like, I've always known that touch is my love language but it has really stepped up more like being married to you like i only want to really converse or communicate with Jalil doing that touch love language like, i mean yes we have our times where we're you know we can sit side by side or across from each other and we don't have to actually physically touch each other to talk but i really love the way that we love each other i love the fact that we spend a lot of time you know not only just sharing love in the sense of words, but it's like, we'll hug each other. You know, we, we have our little things that we do that's a part of touch. And even though it's great that we get our space, even in the midst of us getting space, we find that time to do that quick little touch and then we you know go about our business. And so I like that about ourselves.
1: Yep. Uh, the next one was a big one for me. I, I had to learn over the years was, say what you mean and mean what you say and never to exaggerate so sometimes and it's for good times and bad times so sometimes we say things we don't mean when we're extremely happy like you know when you're on cloud nine and just meet each other and you're like oh baby you know when we get married i'm gonna do boom 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 or i'ma do this hey, you ain't got work. you know what i mean just selling pipe dreams and, and Dream things selling. like <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so just just be mindful of that and also um, sometimes you say things you don't mean when we're extremely upset. And again, that goes from when I said, if you need to just like for me, if I just, and I don't really be extremely upset, but if it comes a time where I'm extremely upset, just walk away. You know what I mean? Like my mom always taught me like no one to hold them, no one to fold them. And sometimes you may, like I said, if I have to address something in that second, then I will. But again, doing that, make sure that you don't embarrass your spouse. Like you always got to make sure that You're protecting your spouse. So if you got to pull it to the side or she got to pull me to the side and say, babe, you know, don't ever do that again or something like that, it's always between us two. You never air them out in front of a a group of people. You never let people, like, you know what I mean, see stuff like that. But um, so when things are upset, like, you know, just never. I'm sorry. So when things are upset, like, never be like, you know, things can be exaggerated. Oh, you never do this or you never take me out or you never take out the trash or you never, you know what I mean? So. Like I said things may marinate but when you're upset or when you're extremely happy things can be a bit more exaggerated so
0: marriage has taught me that it's important for me to redefine um, certain things about myself so you know growing up and really like falling into the trap of how society defines a woman how deci- how society defines a wife or femininity Coming into my marriage, I've gotten to a place where like I just really had to redefine, you know, what a wife means to me, what does expressing my femininity mean to me? What does being a woman mean to me? Um, And it really took off a lot of stress. Um, And people don't really talk about that, how like you just really have to make it for yourself, you have to define it for yourself and just being open and honest with Jalila about how I was feeling, like the pressures that I was feeling. I was like, you know, I don't need to look like an Instagram model. I don't need to look like a video vixen. Uh, This is my beauty. This is how I express my beauty. And then I, you know, I did seek, you know, some suggestions from Jalila. Like what, you know, what do you, what would you like for me to do to amplify, you know, my sensuality And, and I did the same thing for him. And so that, that redefining, like you just have to really see the uniqueness in yourself and your partner and your marriage and not think that you're supposed to be like everybody else because you'll find out on your journey to getting married or if you're newly married that people will project a lot of their tips and tricks and things like that and some you can keep and some you can let go but know that at the end of the day in the experience of marriage you'll find that you may not be that type of woman that type of wife or have that type of um or, or be more inclined to the type of beauty that other people are trying to project onto you, and you got to be confident and comfortable in that. And I think that's where I finally got in a place in our relationship is that I'm confident and I'm comfortable in how I express myself as a wife, as a woman, and when it comes to my femininity.
1: I would say too that is, as men, you got to make sure that you're not confusing your women, because like I tell my wife, like you're beautiful, you that she that, and you know things like that, but. I can't tell her that. And then she logs on Instagram and see my last likes and it's all likes of half naked women, mm-hmm. women with fake big butts and fake big chest and, and things that I need you. Cause then it's going to be like, well, this is what you like. You telling me you like me to be garbed up, but this this is what you like. Or you telling me you like me to look this certain way, but this is what you like. So yeah. also like not, not what I have learned and this, this is my second marriage. So a lot of things I've learned from mistakes and past mistakes and then bring it to this marriage. But a lot of things that I've learned is not being so hard On your wife, you know what I mean. Like, don't expect her to look like these women that's on TV or these women that's in these magazines. Like, that's not real. You know what I mean? In the day to day, that's not real. Mm -hmm. Cause imagine if she put, if if women start putting those things on men, I need you to look like this. I need you to be look like the Rock. You know what I mean? Like, I need you to look like Tyson Beckford. I need you to look like all these. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 not it's not realistic. And how we feel as men, I know for me, I feel a little insecure. Like. Thing. So I, I got to be six foot one, or I got to have muscles popping out of my ears. Like I, you know, what I mean, this this is what turns you on. You know what I mean? So just just try to try to look at things from the lens of of your wife as well. So Tana, I need you to have like a size three waist, and you need to wear this and just like this. Like all that stuff is is, is not real. Because you know I mean? society
0: already puts a pressure on us to appear effortless, and when you have a lot of responsibility, like we don't have children right now, but it's like I hear so much about women who. <clears throat> reflect on when they were single or when they were newly married they they have the ability and the time and the energy to do all these things but when you're you know working in a corporate space or running your own business or you know you may be tending to sick relatives or um have children you really got to look at things in 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 the true perspective and it's very difficult to be effortless you know what i'm saying so
1: you just got to be just appreciate what you got man you, you, you spend your time just being thankful and being appreciative of what you have. Everything else that's going on outside, it just, it really just don't matter. Like, you know what I mean? It, it really just don't matter. Uh, this next one was another big one for me. And I know she says it's men, period. But learning to listen to your spouse or to your lady without trying to fix the problem. So mm-hmm. it's been so many times she's talking to me. And the whole time she's talking to me, my mom, my, my brain is just like working like, okay, how can I solve this problem for her in my mind? So I have an answer that way. I feel like I'm contributing to the situation that I, I have an answer for at the end of her problem. And sometimes I had to learn, most times I had to learn, she just want me to listen. And that's, that's one thing I had to learn. I know a lot of men, like we, we, we fixers, we wanna fix things. We wanna come up with a solution, but sometimes you just gotta shut your mouth, sit back, put the phone down, turn the TV off, and just give her your undivided attention and just listen. And when she's done talking like you talk to anything you want for me to say or anything like like nah i just want you to listen Mm -hmm. and that's all it is you just move on i know that's something i had to learn
0: yeah that is so important to me because I already have the mindset where I'm going through something I'm trying to process it. I'm talking myself in and out of things and so typically when I initially vent to people and I'm not, you know, prefacing, prefacing it as, you know, I need your advice, I just really need a sounding board. I need to actually hear myself say what I'm thinking inside and just have someone like listen to me. <clears throat> Maybe at the end I may say, you know, what are your thoughts? But Anytime a person just naturally just wants to interject or just try to give me a solution, and that's not what I'm looking for, it like really kind of gets under my skin as a pet peeve. And so men are naturally wired to be problem solvers, whereas women are naturally wired to just be nurturing and supportive and empathic. And so shout out to being in, you know, gender women in gender studies classes in college, I was able to understand a little bit about how both genders, you know, process and do certain things and I was able to take that information and be able to tell my spouse like I know that you're naturally wired to solve my problem but in this moment I just want to sound (laughs) bored I just want to feel like I'm heard like somebody's listening to me and I'm not dealing with these uh, situations or thoughts and holding them into myself because I'm a big advocate of getting that negative stress out and that could be journaling or it could be talking to somebody and so coming to my spouse and entrusting him with you know what I'm going through and knowing that he's just being support um, is like really, is, is what I, I seek and what I want. And so once I made it clear, we've been gucci.
1: Yep. I'm just gonna knock out this last one. So <clears throat> it's said in our religion as well, that the, the devil's most beloved worker is one that causes divide between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. So things that I learned is that you, you have to drop your ego and pride and don't let the devil paint your situation so bad. Like everyone is everyone is human and we all make mistakes. And we all have done things that we're not proud of in life and everybody that believes in god of course wants to seek god for his forgiveness and i look at it like so we want god to show mercy on us but if we want god to show mercy on us then we gotta show mercy to others and how can we want forgiveness from god if we don't show forgiveness to others so just especially in a relationship like you you gotta you have to forgive because if if you hold on to things, it's gonna eat you up inside. And, and forgiving, you can still talk about it, you know what I mean? You can still disagree about it, but it's also just forgiving and letting go. Like I think mm-hmm. for me, prayer helps. Like I can, if Keon does something that makes me annoyed or anything like that, like I can just pray on it. I'll um, be like, all right, whatever. And do I do it like that every single time? No, I don't. But most times I do, so I just try, you know, just, just let it go, you know what I mean? Because if you, if you can't forgive, it's kind of like a contradiction. It's kinda of like you want God to forgive you for all the terrible things you've done. I'm not saying that y'all done terrible things, but for the terrible things I've done, I'll say that. Yeah. And if, if I want God to forgive me for that, if I want him to be merciful for me for that, then I have to be forgiven to his creation and have mercy on his creation as well. So mm-hmm. it's just having that balance.
0: And knowing that with the shaitan or Satan that he is a common enemy that we have and his plot is to you know build a wedge between us eventually you know try to for, you know try to tempt us to get so mad with each other get so apart that we get divorced it's like when we go through those scuffles or we go through those disagreements or we're emotionally triggered it's like wait a minute it kind of makes you sit in- and reflect on that situation say is it as bad as it truly is or has the shaitan Uh, in Arabic we say waswas giving that whisper to make it to amplify and it's like you know what I love my husband I love this marriage um I want to be in this marriage and so I'm not gonna let the shaitan's tricks and plots to try to build a wedge I'm not gonna let him win over and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna remember that I have that we have a common enemy and that's gonna help us to fight and not like fight like we're struggling but like just really set that intention to make sure that it's us it's us over everything and in a, in a sense of like you know somebody trying to come in between us I mean, I and to add on that an add on that as well is um what we were talking about earlier is that when you're married it just the vows just don't solidify you throughout your marriage you have to wake up well. and go to bed with your intention set on that you are choosing to be married and you are choosing your partner especially you know for people that go through rough times you gotta you know got to remember that this is a choice you're not forced to be married to your partner but to really you know be committed every single day it's just rectifying your intention And so marriage taught me commitment it taught me to really make sure that my intentions are pure and that i'm not just blindly into this and i really appreciate our journey to getting married because it really built the foundation of intentionality and you know being you know having sincerity in our commitment so every single day i say
1: I choose you. <laughs> Shout out to Willie Hutch, if you know that song. Uh, next one is teamwork. So, simple. I mean, everything that you do as a, as a couple, as a spouse, you got to do it together. Maybe not every single but y'all are a team. So, anything like y'all are a team, like it's, it's, it's one and two. You know what I mean? Whenever you make a big decision, small decisions, if you're you got to address something. Y'all are on the same page. You have to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Y'all can't let anything come between us. They always say when you have kids, they'll try to, you know, put y'all against each other and things of that nature, which I even tried as a kid with my parents. But if y'all on the same page and y'all connected, then y'all should be fine. So just make sure that y'all like a strong team. Y'all like hip to hip. Okay. I used that,
0: bro.
1: Solidified that, bro. Um Learn that like, and it's legit, like being married, I've learned I have, I've had, like, a, <laughs> a strong friendship in which you, like, a uh, like truly like a best friend. So, you know what I mean? When you get that in the spouse and it's natural, you know what I mean? You're not doing it just for Facebook or Instagram and likes and all that. It's like, if it's natural, that's really your friend, really your best friend, then that makes your relationship that much better. Like, if I get some good news, bad news in between, the first person I'm texting, I'm calling, is my wife. And it's not because I feel like I'm obligated to, because I want to. Like, I, or at times when I'm getting ready to come home, I can't get, I can't wait to get home so I can mess with my wife. You know what I mean? So it's just like she's my covering. I'm her covering. If I'm if I'm scared, I can tell her. If I'm mm-hmm. I'm upset, I can tell her. If I'm stressed out, I can tell. And she's my covering. She helps me. She guides me. She's like a therapist for me. She's um. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't know. Even like a, a mentor, I put that on there. Like if it's, if it's aspirations that I may have and and I'm not so sure of which way should I go. You know what I mean? Of course you always tell me to pray on it and trust the most high, but then she'll also give me her advice and tell me, well, I think you can do this and I think you can do that. In times where I, she can say, I think you can do more. You know what I mean? Like don't don't set the bar so low. that you can always do uh, better for yourself, so.
0: And accountability partners yeah like you really have the whole phrase like homie lover friend like your partner really is that like he holds me accountable he reminds me to speak highly of myself there are times when I may you know think low of myself and he reminds me um of the qualities attributes that I have one thing I learned in psychology back in college is that you have four versions of yourselves and the one that you really can't you know um Acknowledge is your blind self and so there's things about ourselves that we don't actually see because we're not the fly on the wall We're not the the camera on ourselves other people around us can see aspects of about ourselves that we can't and so Having him in my life. He helps me to you know, he helps me with my insecurities um, He helps me to hold myself accountable to goals that I have like, you know talk is very cheap He's all about action. And so when I say things like he really make sure that I'm gonna back it up and when I'm scared or when I need to make a decision I know that I have him to talk to and I'm in a new state so I don't really haven't built that friendship with that sisterhood so him and his mom are like my best friends right now we do almost everything together and so I'm just really grateful that we started our marriage with a friendship as well that's another important thing like yeah you can be attracted to a person yeah they can have qualities that you want in a partner but what's really going to have that relationship like you know gliding through the waves is that you started with a friendship you didn't just say what's your favorite color what's your favorite food like you really got in depth yeah, yeah, with each care other about all that.
1: Yeah. Yep. No, agree, agree.
0: anything else in your list
1: last one is last but not least is trusting god so like i said this is my second marriage i was divorced at 29 and at that point you know what i mean you by your, you're by yourself you're single and you got, you know, you can start to get the whispers in your head, thoughts in your head like, man, like what's going to happen? Are you ever going to get married again? I know you want to get married again. Are you going to find that sister that you really like? Or are you going to settle? And I had it in my mind. I said, I will not settle with my next relationship. If I meet a woman and I'm married, this is going to be the woman I want to marry. And when I say that you have to, when you want a spouse or you either way, if a woman wants a man, man wants a woman, pray to God. And when you when you're in your prayer, be very, 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 very specific on what you want. And i know for me like i said the number one thing i wanted was a religious woman and i got that and everything else that i asked for i asked for i asked for i got that and i got more and i I tell this often like i really like god has really blessed me with a good woman like top to bottom like from just anything from beauty to religion to being funny to being stylish to even having like a very very good family like even that's very important And a lot of people don't really pray for that like but even in like having good in laws and having good family that like as soon as they met me they embraced me they hugged me they dabbed me they made me feel like I was one of their own like they knew me since I was a kid and just just you know what I mean like I said like I'll just reiterate just always being specific in your prayers and like I said like I'll I'll never forget like that like I was very very specific God has blessed me what I asked for and then added some on there so just always having faith and always you know what I mean. I don't Keeping it consistent and things like that. Like nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You know what I mean. But like I like I said, I, being specific in your prayers, I, God has answered me, and and then so so just always you know what I mean. Trusting God and it's easier said than done. You know what I mean. But just trying to you know maintain and be steadfast and when you try to do the right thing, God will look out for you. So that's it for me.
0: So that concludes our lovely list of what has marriage taught us if you're a newlywed we're interested in knowing what has marriage taught you thus far if you've been in this marital game for a long time we're really interested in knowing what has marriage taught you so drop your tips tricks opinions and beliefs in the comment box below if you have made it to this far we greatly appreciate you because your time is very valuable and we thank you (laughs) For finding Kiana Speaks to be worth your time. Follow us on Instagram, or rather me on Instagram, Mm, at Kiana Speaks. Twitter at Kiana Speaks. Check out my blogs at www.kianaspeaks.com. The preface of this whole platform is to help you own your story. So remember to own your story. And when
1: Kiana speaks, the healing starts. No herbalist, but the words I spit will leave you in deep thought. Sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation. Kiana speaks the waviest podcast. Tuh, ain't no debating. Thanks, babe.
0: Thank you for being my guest. Mm.